It doesn't matter if it's November or January, it's always military appreciation. And my next guest is going to share her experience redefining the odds. From a 10-year military career within the U.S. Air Force intelligence community to civilian life. Don't go anywhere because she's now making the transition and nothing is stopping her from achieving her goals. If you thought the music to the stinger was awesome, then you're gonna wanna check out Epidemic Sound, licensed music that has over hundreds of artists and thousands of downloads. The best part is that you own the license once your content is published. You don't need to keep up with year-long contracts for content you published a decade ago. Before I introduce our next guest, who is passionate about finding effective and innovative ways to solve challenging problems, you'll notice that I have some colorful hair during this interview, and I guess that's what happens when you try to release the interview during Military Appreciation Month, but the holidays sneak up on you. As always, don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notify. Joining us to talk about her transition from the Air Force to civilian life is a colleague of mine, Caitlin McGinnis, a sales development representative at Turbonomic. Caitlin, thanks for joining me. Thanks so much for having me, John. So, Caitlin, I got to talk about how we planned this. I know we were trying to do it back in November, which was Military Appreciation Month, but things didn't work out for either one of us at the timing. But also, I think that everybody should always appreciate our military for those who have served and who are serving. So thank you for your service. Thank you so much. Yeah, I appreciate the support. Let's jump right into it. Why are we here? We are here because you invited me here because I was in the Air Force for 10 years. You know what, Caitlin? I saw your post on LinkedIn that talked about your first Veterans Day that you weren't in uniform, which really inspired me to reach out to you and join the show. Can you share us your story around it? Yeah. So I was in the Air Force for 10 years as a Pashto language analyst. I really did a lot of language translation, translating Pashto into English. And then I did some program management. And then at the end of my career as a language analyst, I decided I wanted to get into the tech field. And that's really how I ended up at Turbonomic. And so I shared that post on LinkedIn. You saw it, decided to invite me to the show. And that's how we ended up here. Caitlin, I have to, un I have to get into what is Pashto? Did I, did I pronounce it right? You're pretty close. <laughs> You're pretty close. Um, only a linguist, I think, would correct you. Most people wouldn't know the difference. Yeah, so Pashto is what they speak in Afghanistan. It's the language that they speak in Afghanistan. Thank you for the clarification. And as a linguist, thank you for correcting me. <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Did you always start out in that role? How did you get to that role in the Air Force? Well, I went and I took the ASFAB, which is the test that you have to take to join the military. And then I did pretty well on that test. And they said, hey, why don't you take this other test to see if you would be if you would do well as a language analyst. And I did well on that. And so they sent me to the Defense Language Institute after I finished basic training. And that's where I learned how to speak Pashto, actually. They trained us in languages there. And so that's how I ended up as a language analyst. Learning Pashto, we went there and we were trained by natives. They bring natives from all different countries to the Defense Language Institute to train us. And that was a really fun experience, learning how to speak another language, kind of a fire hose environment, you know, 
learning how to <laughs> rapidly learn another language, going out after that to work in the intelligence community, serving in that capacity for the rest of my time in the Air Force. But yeah, that's how I ended up there. Before we talk about your time in the Air Force and how long you were there, why did you join? What was your push to join? Yeah, I was, you know, after high school, I, I tried the college thing, but I was really operating by myself, trying to pay for it by myself. And I, that just wasn't working for me, trying to do college full time and figure out a way to do that. And I just realized I wanted a better trajectory for my life. And my dad was a Marine and I realized I wanted to kind of follow in his footsteps. But my dad always told me if my daughter was going to be in the military, she was going to be in the Air Force and not in the Marine Corps. And so I went to an Air Force recruiter. They quickly got me in the door once I passed the first test and I wanted better for my life. I wanted a purpose and I wanted to find a passion and I wanted to serve my country. Quite honestly, you know, I wanted I wanted to make something more for my life. I, I wanted to get out of my hometown. There wasn't a lot good going on there. You know, I came from a rocky background. I really did make something better for my life after joining the military. So it was a good choice for me. Do you mind if I get into a little bit more of your rocky background? Because I think it really encapsulates your entire story, where you were, how things were going, and then where you ended up and how things are going now. So, I mean, even a little bit of it. And if you're not comfortable sharing it, no big deal. We'll move on. No, yeah, absolutely. I um, I actually, it's something that I'm open about with people who ask because it's, it's something that I think is important for people to embrace all the parts of who they are so that they can be authentic with who they are now. Part of who I was and who I am, you know, my, my mom was an addict and still is an addict. And part of that led me to homelessness for a bit. That was not a great experience <laughs> to be totally honest, you know? And so I, I needed a way to get out of that. I needed a different path for my life. And, you know, I tried to do college. I tried to pay for it myself. And I just realized like, this isn't working. And then, you know, I joined the Air Force and the Air Force supported me and I was able to support myself. And I did that for 10 years. And that was a great experience. And I'm really thankful. It's a very inspiring story. And the reason I want to share it with folks is because I believe our past does define our future, but by our own choices. You know, what happened in the past, we can make a choice to change that. And I think you did that. You made that change. You took a bad situation and you said, I will not live this path. So, and I just want to share that with everybody that it's a really inspiring story. You know, like I said, I think that if we can embrace the parts of who we are, we're able to show up authentically, inspire people, and then be who we are to be the best leaders, the best people the best mothers, whoever we are. So thank you for sharing that. Now, during our first in our initial conversation, I happened to notice something on your arm. Would you mind sharing it with everybody? <laughs> There's an inscription. I think it's, it's powerful. I think it's a powerful message, not only for you, but for everybody else. Yeah, I'll, I'll totally share it. Yeah. I got this tattoo right after basic training. Um, and it says we are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. And I got that right after basic. It's from the Bible. As soon as I finished basic training, I went out and I got this tattoo because I felt like, like I had accomplished something, you know, and it's like, I had finally like gotten over the hill. Like I had, I had done the thing. And um, I wanted this reminder, like, cause my faith is such a, a strong piece of who I am. And I just wanted this reminder for myself, like, you know, I might be hard pressed on every side, but I'm not going to be crushed because I know that God has a plan for my life. And I wanted this reminder for myself. I just happened to notice and I know we were in the, you had the Zoom background, a little blurry in the background, but I did notice that. And I really appreciate you sharing it with everybody because 
there's always those reminders that everybody puts out, you know, whether it's a sticky somewhere, a note, a text message that they send and repeat to themselves, something that really sticks to that. And you took the initiative and you put it right. I mean, it's literally right here on your arm to, you know, every day that you're going through maybe a tough time or a day that it's really tough. You look at it and be like, you're, you're power through in it. Absolutely. I'm always, I'm happy to share. And I tell, I tell my friends that the people I work with, like I will always share, like I try to be as transparent as possible because I think, I think there's power in transparency. So, so let, let's get back to your military career. You served 10 years, correct? Yep. 10 years, like just a little over 10 years. So now when did you make the transition from military to civilian life? So that was in October or yep. October of this year. Oh, wow. That was recently. I was thinking it was a little bit earlier. Or, I mean, this literally, you transitioned in October and Veterans Day was right there in November. So yeah. it's immediately fresh on your mind. It is. Yeah. I had some what they call terminal leave and things that um, at the end there. So I was um, I was able to start at Turbo earlier, but officially retired in October. So And actually, that's what I want to jump into. One of the things that you and I discussed during our initial call was like, you know, how does my story resonate with your audience, John? Well, being that I typically talk to tech and you're like, well, how does this work out? Well, guess what? Your current role with Turbonomic is an SDR. And I want to understand what an SDR is and why that role, because you did transition to tech. So why tech? So I made a pretty hard pivot out of my past role into tech, right? But I really wanted to be in a role that was still on the cutting edge of technology and innovation. My role before was moving really fast. It was really innovative. And I enjoyed that a lot. You know, I wanted to find another role where I could add value right away that was still moving really fast and was really exciting. And I felt like Turbo was the perfect place for that. Everything I learned about Turbo, I talked to a lot of people in the company before I accepted the role. Everybody was super excited about the technology. Every person I spoke to was like, Turbo is so exciting. You have to learn about the tech, like listen to what it's doing. And I loved that. I, you know, I wanted to work somewhere where everyone was excited about what was happening at the company. You know, I want, like, I really wanted to work somewhere that was on the cutting edge that was doing something really exciting. And for sales specifically, I wanted to work somewhere where no matter how hard I was working, I could see the value of what I was adding. And within the military, you're kind of placed in a silo where, you know, your career path is decided for you as soon as you join. You know, your career progression is very specific. And in sales, that I, I like that aspect where it's it's very open and fluid. You have more autonomy over where you can go. And so that was really enticing for me to join the company in this in this specific area. And so that's why I joined as an SDR and it made sense to come at, to Turbo at this time. So that's why I landed here. Now, my next question to kind of jump off of that is, does your Air Force role and experience translate to civilian job opportunities like Turbo? Meaning that you, you went from a structured to an unstructured, which Kind of is interesting because the military, a lot of people like the structure. All right. And now you get it's to choose stable, your path. Yeah. Yes. You get to choose your path. So how does it translate between military to uh, civilian jobs? So at first I had a lot of trouble translating my experience. You know, I was going through these training boot camps. Um, we were translating our resumes and I would be speaking to my friends. You know, I would talk about all the stuff I'd done and I'd look over and I'd say like, does that make sense? And they would be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Right. And I learned very quickly that, you know, what I'd been doing 
was valuable. It was really awesome work, but I needed to learn literally another language to make it make sense to my civilian counterparts. And so I think to answer your question, like, yes, it does translate. And to any veterans who are listening to this, like you're what you did is super valuable. You have to learn how to translate it to civilians. Like it's literally another language. (laughs) So we, we just have to get another skill set to learn how to translate what you're doing, whether you've been in a program management role or a mission manager or an individual contributor, you have to get somebody to translate your resume to make it make sense to people because it does translate we just have to figure out how to make it make sense to people who are reading it. <laughs> so, but yeah, I, I think it did make sense. I was set up really well to get a job doing what I was already doing as a civilian. I was not set up very well to do what I was wanting to do, which was something different. So, okay. So as a linguist, you had to learn another language while I, I always find learning a language challenging and somebody to take that on. That's really, you know, inspiring to just jump in there and be like, okay, how do I translate my military career to a civilian career? How does that translate on paper? And how do I first get that job? You talked about boot camps. What type of boot camps did you take? Was it in the military to help you transition or was it something extra? So at the end of our military career, they do like these sort of They call them transition assistance classes to help us get ready. But what I found even more helpful was there's a program and um, they're called Breakline Education. I'm just going to call them out because they're wonderful. But I went through them and they did a great job of preparing me for a position in tech. So they helped me land a job at Turbo, actually. So they were great. It's nice to hear. And I'm glad you're calling it out for others that now wait, actually a real quick question. Is this an optional boot camp or maybe a mentor? Okay. So you're telling people you should take it. Yeah. They should check them out. Yeah. If they're looking to work in a tech company and they're a veteran, they should absolutely look into them because they helped me like tremendously. So for those of you that are listening and you make it to this far in the video, make (laughs) sure you listen and take that boot camp. It has helped Caitlin out tremendously. All right, Caitlin, I got to jump into the next question. And this one's going to be a tough one for you. What are some of the barriers you have had to overcome transitioning from military to civilian or just in your military career? One of the toughest barriers personally that I overcame was trying to figure out where I wanted to pivot. For me, you know, I spent the last 10 years working in the intelligence community. All of my education was focused on Middle Eastern studies. I was looking at my my experience, my past experience, my education, and I said, where do I want to go from here? Realizing that I didn't want to keep working in that capacity and trying to figure out where I wanted to go and make it make sense, you know, trying to figure out where I wanted to pivot. And that was really difficult in trying to make it work for the tech sector. It was a struggle because it didn't make sense initially. And I felt like I was trying to form my resume and make my education make sense and find someone who was willing to accept that. And luckily, the people at Turbonomic were willing to take my experience and my value and take a chance on that. So, but that was a pretty big obstacle in my opinion, because I didn't, I didn't know if it was going to work. You know, I have 10 years of experience. I have degrees, but I didn't know if it was going to work out. So I actually just did a recording with Owen Bailey. In fact, folks, take a look up here for the recording with Owen Bailey on transitioning of, you know, from military to civilian. He did it earlier in this year. And one of the things that he mentioned was you go from the hardest thing for him was you go from a structured environment to unstructured in the military, you know, you know, what's going to happen or you almost know what's going to happen. But in the civilian one, he's like, 
you make the decisions for your life. There could be something that happened to you walking out or doing this or going here, or you decide what's the next step in your life. Did you find that, you know, something that you've had to work on or you're still working on or overcome being that you just recently transitioned? You know, I think I feel like the recent transition is still settling in for me. You know, (laughs) I, sometimes I still like think I'm in the air force, you know, or it's like, I don't know if it's really hit me yet. I was just talking to another friend of mine who just joined the the company and she's a, she's recently gotten out too. And it's like, you know, sometimes I think it hasn't fully hit us yet that we're not in the military anymore. Like it's so fully ingrained in us. I don't know if I can answer that question. (laughs) That's all right. I'll tell you what. (laughs) How about I set you up already Why we're recording because you can't say no, none. Uh, we'll, we'll do a second recording in like six months to a year to see how things are going and what are some of the differences between then and now. What do you think? That sounds great. Yeah. All right. <laughs> when, all it's, right. when it's really hit me that, yeah, I'm not in it anymore. <laughs> That's not a problem. All right. I got a couple more questions before we wrap things up. And, you know, and this one's actually going to take a little bit for you to answer because I really want to understand, I want others to understand, did you find it harder or difficult as a woman coming from the military to this role or throughout your journey? So honestly, I think what's been difficult is looking around and not seeing very many women. I think that's been kind of shocking. You know, being in the military, it's a male dominated field, you know, and it's like, I'm not, not new to this. You know, it's like, I've, I've been the only woman in the room many times, but I was pretty shocked to come to the company and see that there aren't very many women here. And I I know that there are, there are some, it's still shocking and it can be kind of isolating a little bit because, you know, you want to see other people who have kids or, you know, you want to see other people who look like you sometimes. It's just bizarre at times, but I, I do appreciate the efforts that I see being made to hire more women and more diversity. Yeah. I think that that is, that has been interesting to see it, You know, it's, it's sometimes just hard even in the military because, you know, you want to have conversations with leaders or you look forward to see people who are, who've had similar obstacles to jump over. And so you want to reach out to people who, who understand, but then there's nobody there. So that's the, that's a difficulty to, for sure. You know what? I think, I think this is something that everybody's trying to, you know, change, or I'm hoping they're trying to change and make a conscious effort to, you know, look out there and hire more women, more diversity within the environment. So everybody feels comfortable and everybody's voice is heard. And, you know, you're bringing a different perspective to the view. My next question is going to go off of this a little bit, you know, while you were serving or after serving, did you get different looks or comments when you tell people that you served or served and you know, they look at you like, oh, give us a feeling on what was, what were they asking? What was your reaction? Yeah, I, there's definitely, I mean, not as often as, as some, some people have expressed that they've had that, you know, sometimes like my husband and I, he, he just retired as well. And it's like, you know, we'll go somewhere and even around here, you know, he'll ask something about like, uh, the military or he'll mention that one of us is military and then they'll just thank him for his service, you know, and just naturally assume that he's the only one who was in the military. And it's like, you know, people have their biases or their assumptions. And it's like, you know, it's, we just laugh it off at this point, you know, because it is what it is, but what else are you going to do? You know, it's like, I'm not going to be like, I was in the military too. Like, it doesn't matter at this point. Like, first of all, uh, your husband served twenty years, correct? Yeah. Yep. He right. just, yep. He just got out last month. He retired. So, 
Wait, so he retired in November. You retired October? Yep. This is a transition for both of you, but the good news is that you get to lean on each other throughout the transition. You know what each other's going through, so you have that, that inner support. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really nice for sure, because we're both going through this at the same time. So I, I want to go off back off to your comment where your husband says one of you were in the military. I'd be I I'd personally be like when they come up and thank me, I was like, no, nah, thank my wife, you know, and I just <laughs> want to see the reaction. Be like, don't assume when I say somebody's in the military, this and I understand you go through it a lot, which you should not have to. And I understand you laugh it off, which is a good way to just we won't get worked over it. But in the same respect, you served our country. So they should be, I just feel people should be thankful for it and not assume that it's now one gender. Yeah. I think, you know, from my, from my perspective, I think that with time, maybe with like another generation, people will start assuming that like service doesn't have a look, but I think that'll come with time. We'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens. You know, sometimes when I tell people I was in the air force, they're like, Oh, did you fly a plane? You know, cause they think that everyone in the Air Force flew a plane. You know, I, I just don't think people have a great understanding of what the military does in today's world. They think that everyone in the Army was on the field with a gun. You know, they think everyone in the Air Force flew a plane. You know, with time, I think that people will start to have more of an understanding of what warfare in the 21st century looks like. And maybe they'll start understanding that women are allowed to be in the military. <laughs> so with time, I think that people will start to have more of an understanding. Yeah. So I actually I agree with you, but I, I just thought of a, a series. We should do a series on, you know, the Air Force. What are what are different roles? What are things that you think you, you're not out there? You just fly a plane. I mean, you know, oh, I'm in the Air Force. Oh, were you in that plane? No, I actually support a lot of this. It's just part of the brand. It's and it's just an assumption that happens. And I think if we educate people on the various roles that are available, they'll start realizing, you know, it's it's for everyone. So, Kayla, my last question, while we wrap this up, do you have any guidance or advice that you would give others that are inspiring them to help them overcome some of these challenges, whether military to civilian, a woman in the military role or even in a civilian role in a tech company? What are some of the advice that you can give us? Oh, broad advice. Okay. Yes. Um, it's completely open. Whatever you want to say, it's on recording, by the way, just letting you know. <laughs> okay. Yeah. I think, I think the broad advice that I would give to anyone, the thing that I've tried to do is just really embrace all of the parts of who you are, the good, the bad, the ugly, the beautiful, so that you can be the best leader, the best human, the best friend that you can possibly be. Uh, so that you can authentically show up with all of your stuff and leverage your strengths. And I think that's really powerful and it'll help you be the best person that you are in your uh, role, which you're in. It can be, you can be the best person you are at home. And I think that will really help whichever position you're in. So that's my advice. All right, Caitlin, that's some sound advice for everybody. All right, folks, this was Caitlin McGinnis, sales development representative at Turbonomic. Caitlin, thank you for joining us and thank you for serving. Thank you so much for having me, John. This was really great. Yes, I'm glad you enjoyed it as well. Folks, this has been the Daily Tech Show. I'm your host, John Meyer. Don't forget to hit that like, subscribe, and notification because as always, we got more awesome content on the way. We're out of here. <laughs>